What's that coming over the hill? Is it a podcast? Is it a podcast? Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Triple Takeover Toycast, a podcast about Transformers and other vintage toy lines that's usually fortnightly, but for this special episode, we've actually gone weekly, just like the old Transformers comics that you remember. Why? Well, this is actually part two of our discussion about toy packaging, so if you are new to our podcast, hold your horses, put a cuppa on, and go and listen to episode 9 first. Don't worry, we aren't going anywhere. And for the rest of you, welcome back. We've got some good stuff for you today. As usual, I am joined by writer, photographer, and JRX worshipper, TF Square One, also known as Maz. Say hi, Maz. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Writer, photographer, YouTuber, and soon to have his own rap album, It's Sixo. Say hi, Sixo. I feel like I should rap hello now. Yeah, Please don't. Go on. <laughs> I'm not going to, don't worry. Save that for the <laughs> Patreon content. Mm. And I'm Toy Box Soapbox, or as my chiropractor calls me, Liam. This episode continues our discussion about all things toy packaging, and I literally mean all things. So without further ado, let's set time back on its correct course and rejoin our past selves. Diddly-doo, 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 diddly-doo. That's a Wayne's World reference, Matt. We now return to the Transformers. I just got to mention something now, and this is unrelated to anything that we're talking about. But I just I, I want to say something because I just thought of it because I said that that was interesting, and it reminded me that I'm pretty sure there was someone online that suggested that I say it's interesting quite a lot. And I think the suggestion was that there could be some sort of drinking game or something. I can't remember what the suggestion was. Always up for that. But but well, yeah, absolutely. But there were the but the and now I'm just suddenly became conscious of it, and I noticed it there that I just said that's interesting. Uh, and I just thought it can't, can't be a drinking it. game, or we'd never get to the end of an episode. <laughs> well, that's true. I don't we'd think we'd be able us. to speak. We'd just be. I don't think it was us doing the drinking. Gob. Oh right, yeah, no, they'd never get to the end of an episode. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I, I can't remember if it was a drinking game or what it was. What the suggestion? No, they just was, said we'd play a ding sound every time you say it. Oh, maybe it was that. I don't know. You'd be doing more dinging than Maz did when he got that juice to rocks, <laughs> that juice to wheelbarrow box. Honestly. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, that wasn't even. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. You're welcome. <laughs> and there's the swearing. There we go. Yeah. Hey ho. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I'm sure we've all got our, our moments of collecting where we got very excited uh, about some things. Maybe just not quite quite that excited. <laughs> not Maz level. Yes, indeed. Yeah, not screaming into your pillow because you're so excited, <laughs> tight level. But uh, still, do you know? Thinking back to that moment still makes me happy. It's That's just, good, it, I don't think I've ever had a bigger win in this hobby in terms of finding something that remains my best ever find. And it still makes me so happy just to think back on it. It's no small thing either. I mean, that is incredible to think that, you know, that this thing had never been seen. It's not publicized on the internet. It's not documented. Because I think we do take this It's documented on tf1.com, mate. Well, now, now it is. <laughs> but, um, but Save but those blogs for the end. Right. <laughs> I suppose my point is is that we take it for granted a bit now, don't we? Because yes. everything is on TF Wiki, you know, yeah. in regards to Transformers. Everything is on TF Wiki. Everything is documented. That you know, most things there are mm -hmm. things obviously that we don't know, and there are still discoveries coming to light, of course. But you know, now if you want to know something, oh, what's this guy's name in Japan? What's this character's uh, you know, what's their version number or whatever it is? How many mm -hmm. variants were there? What other colours was it done in? You just go straight on the wiki. And I think anybody, uh, I was thinking about this earlier because someone said to me oh, you know, on a random post, I think they asked me a question, I replied. They were like, oh, your knowledge is really good. And I'm like, yeah, but I still check the wiki like all the time, you know, just because mm. 
there's there's no one that can retain all of this information in their brain. Um, no, and even right. then, the number of times in you know posting about spy changes, RID spy changes and stuff recently in car robots, the number of times I've had to go back and fact check what what I'm looking for or whatever, or actually which version was that that was this particular color or, or whatever, because there's just too many to kind of remember. Um, and I think we do take it for granted now. So the idea of stuff just cropping up like that and you seeing it and being like, I know what that is, and no one's mm. ever seen it, that's it's mind-blowing, actually. And I think packaging actually is uh, perfect for that sort of desire and, and interest because it's normally the toy stays the same most of the time, but it's the packaging that has little clues that that are fascinating like yeah. the Yug- yugoslavian g1 optimus prime is it's a major case of wow what even is that you know it's, it's a g1 optimus prime box but in the bottom corner instead of a hasbro logo or instead of a takara logo or an mb logo it's a it's an orange m for marchanka which is a yugoslavian company back in the day you know and uh that that was like a supremely massive find like another G1 box variety that no one has seen before. And it's only the Optimus Prime that has that logo. So it, it was, um, I love G1 packaging for that reason. Because, yeah. and also Diaclone packaging, for example, the toys that came out in Finland, like the Black Tracks, the, yeah. the writing on the box is English language. It's the only, it's one of the only places where you see that style of old Microman and Diaclone packaging. And it doesn't have Japanese or Italian text. It says, Diaclone or Microman, Gun Robot instead of Gun Robo or something like that. Just these tiny changes, hugely familiar packaging with a tiny change that makes it a little bit novel. And I'm I'm all about that sort of thing. I love it. Mm. That's good. With that story, knowing you as well as I do, I'm genuinely happy for you with that story because I, I know how that you would have felt, and that's amazing. But the, and that one was not even a subtly different package that was wildly exclusive artwork in a totally different style that's never been used anywhere else before so seeing it was a major privilege and then knowing that it was going to be mine especially the way these auctions go nowadays where i just i miss out and i miss out and i miss out and the price range has just gotten to a point where i wouldn't even consider paying it you'd never think that when you get to your 40s and you're established in a job that you like that in your mind pays well and you have a partner who also has a good, a good job and you own your home and you think I still can't afford to buy that toy. <laughs> like I still can't afford to be involved in, in the hobby and the level that I want. Just, I like literally the thing I love the most I've been priced out of is really hard to swallow. But when you think that that's how expensive that juice to diaclone toy line can be now, the fact that I have that and I got it when I did is an extreme privilege. Cause if it were to pop up tomorrow, yeah, no, I'd, you need to take a bank loan. And I just, that's mad. Did you get a piece of fruitcake? I didn't, as it goes. Mm, denied. <laughs> After those amazing stories from Maz, have you got, either of you got any others? Uh, yeah, I guess the one, uh, I referenced it, this actually in a, in a previous episode when we were talking about collecting completionism. Uh, and I was saying that I'd had an, uh, one uh, example that had sort of helped me to, if you like, pull the pin out of, um, you know, feeling that I needed to have a complete masterpiece collection. And that was the Rodimus stand that came with the MP9 uh, Rodimus, the 2010 release. Uh, and of course, there was loads of different things that you could get surrounding that release, one of which was a stand 
that had previously come out with MP4 last stand i think it was was the original one i forget which was the first one but it basically was this little display stand with um uh, you know an audio box inside uh, the stand is is what it is but the the point is is it came in a little cardboard box very small little flat nondescript cardboard box uh, and a guy i'd posted some pictures of mine and video of this stand online uh, and a chap got in touch with me and said would you be willing to sell your stand and and initially i was like well you know then my collection wouldn't be complete and whatever. Um, but then he made an offer that, I mean, I you know, obviously won't say what it was, but I mean, it was enough that I was like, there was no, <laughs> there was no way I was going to question uh, selling that thing. You know, uh, it would, it, it would, I would have been insane to pass it up, but it turned out that actually he already owned one of these stands. So it wasn't even the stand that he was after. And it wasn't the box either. What it was, was that inside the box, there's a one sheet of cardboard that lays on top of... So, like, you open the flaps of the box and it's the thing that sits on top of the flaps uh, and then the main flap folds down on top of it. So it's literally just one rectangular piece of completely blank cardboard. You, you know, it. you could see it out of context and you would just think it was a bit of rubbish, you know, whatever, that you put in recycling. And this guy was willing to pay... I would say a slightly astronomical sum for it. And and I suppose, you know, initially when he was like, I want to pay you this for, for the stand, I was like, wow, okay, that's that's kind of unexpected, but but okay, of course. And then when I found out it was just specifically for this one bit of cardboard, I was like, wow, that's that's a level of completionism that I, I'm not sure that I can, you know, compete against really. And that was definitely for me as a, you know, just referencing back to that episode, that was definitely for me the point where I was like, I'm out. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, need this level of completionism in my life and that stand going was a good thing i think in that regard but yeah that was that's for me whenever i think about people chasing packaging that's been the most insane for sure yeah i can understand that because you get that in the vintage world as well sure like in uh diclone insecticons they come with like this uh foam in a just this foam sheet it's almost like a sponge that they kind of wrap around the toy and then put it in the box it doesn't come in styro the the single packed ones and most of the time that just gets thrown out. So if there's yeah. one that's got it or if someone is selling the foam, or I'll tell you what, what about the little styro bar that goes over a jet fire in a G1 yes, box? I have it. I have it. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's a mind. thing that sells by itself for quite yeah. a lot of money as well. And, you know, it's easy to cast shade on that stuff. And it's easy to be, I mean, same with the Rodimus thing. It's, e- it's easy to kind of, you know, think, oh, that's a bit silly or whatever. But actually, mm-hmm you know people do collect like this and and yeah. if it's if it brings joy and it, and the, yeah. that's what people feel is needed for their collection to be complete hey man i'm i'm you know who am i to judge it's all part of the package isn't it it's all yeah. i mean yeah not just the packaging but the whole package of the toy yeah. and so if your desire is to get the fully boxed version of that toy you want all those little bits as well and otherwise there's yeah. always a there's possibly a little nagging doubt isn't there and i think these are these are people that have kept in certainly a lot of cases anyway, they've kept their collections very niche you know, or, the, or very specific to what it is that they're looking for. You know, So someone like the Jetfire thing, if you're going to that level of uh, completionism, you know, you're not going to be buying absolutely every toy under the sun, you know, if you're hunting that kind of specific thing, probably not anyway. So I think it's, it's you know, you've got to look at that in the context of people that are not buying whole swathes of um, you know, kingdom and and whatever as well, or whatever the latest releases are. These are people that are hunting for very specific items yeah. Yeah. for a set collection. And it makes perfect sense for those who want to 
establish that feeling of a totally unused, pristine product. These little bits really matter. And like you were saying, they look like totally innocuous pieces of cardboard. The the red tracks I was talking about, the Milton Bradley releases, they were basically repackaged diaclones into Transformers boxes. And Hasbro mm. Transformers boxes are a bit more cavernous than the diaclone boxes. So these bits of styro with like a ratchet or a mirage or a jazz would go into a Transformers box, but they'd be floating around in the middle. So they would include these like cardboard supports that yeah. the, the styro slides into. And then the cardboard support goes into the typical size vintage G1 car box. And then at the end of it, there's like another C-shaped cardboard thing. And these things on their own sell for appreciable amounts of money if they will help someone complete the packaging for a certain toy. And the more prestigious the toy is, the more valuable the little tiny innocuous bits of packaging are as well. So you want a story. I mean, that tracks... When when tracks came out in Japan in G1, um, it was still in Styro. Like Takara released these toys in Styro, but obviously the space for the Diaclone driver was removed because Transformers didn't have Diaclone drivers. So they did new Styro and just filled in that little Styro space for the driver. And when I bought um, a Diaclone Black Tracks from Finland, it was missing its Styro. And the only places you can get a Tracks Styro with the little space for the Diaclone driver is a Japanese Diaclone Tracks or the Milton Bradley Red Tracks. There's, you know, or, or the Joostra version of Red Tracks, which is the rarest of them all. So when I found someone who had Red Tracks, I said to him, look, are you willing to swap your Red Tracks insert with its little Diaclone driver space for my Japanese Tracks insert? Now, the Japanese Tracks insert is way more common than that. And it wasn't enough for him to just get my Japanese version. I also had to put a couple of hundred euros on top just to get his styro. So I paid that and a Japanese tracks insert for the styro to complete my Diaclone Black tracks. Well, well, Maz, you've told some stories, but that one is possibly the most Maz story I've ever heard. <laughs> it's quite a Maz story, yeah. yeah. Literally, you're the only person I could think of doing that, and it would make total sense. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, fair, yeah. fair play, man. Fair yeah. play. I mean, it was insane at the time, but I mean, sadly, I actually did sell that whole Diaclone Black Tracks. But when I did sell it, it had box, styro, toy, paperwork, everything. And that package together totally justified everything that I had done before to create that package. And it yeah, was authentic. Yeah. You know. I was just going to say, how good did you feel when you, when you put that all together for the first time? It was brilliant. And for me, authenticity of all the parts that make up a particular toy matter. I don't like it when sellers Frankenstein toys and packaging and accessories together just to sell it as quote unquote complete when the packaging doesn't match the release or the insert is not the same as what it should be. I think somewhere down the line, maybe when people like us have left the hobby and a lot of people in the hobby today have moved on and maybe the next generation want to sort of establish a chronology for what was released, the more of this sort of Frankensteining that takes place, you just dilute the history of the hobby. You dilute facts and you can't trace where things came from and the facts behind it. And that, that's been a huge part of the vintage hobby, you know, deciphering the history of the brand. I think, again, that's hard to put into context today, isn't it? For, for yeah. people that are maybe, um, I'm assuming anyway, you know, kind of coming up in the hobby now because, you know, the current toys, all right, there are variants, but not to the same degree. No. And, I mean, nowhere near. And, no. you know, you don't get uh, the same weird history of 
different companies putting out the same toys in different parts of the world with little variants going on here. Mm. But also everything is documented. You know, everything's yes, in hand. Right, yeah. Everything's immediately on social media. And so, you know, you, that sort of proliferation of photos and everything, it just makes it all... And instant. these companies keep the um, records of everything, don't they, now as well? Yeah. All the packaging and stuff, and they release them in books or things like that. But even if they don't, you could go to them and possibly get it if you were so inclined to track it down. Whereas yeah. with this old stuff, a lot of it was just binned, wasn't it, like years later and cleared out and lost to time. Well, precisely. And that's what makes it rare, but it's also what makes it, you know, hard to get hold of. But the fact that actually so much of it is not known, you know, and right. uh, I'm always fascinated by stuff like um, Bumper or Bumble, Bumble Jumper, you know, mm. things like that, that even now, you know, there's uh, still kind of a question mark about how it was packaged and and. You know, it's it's never sort of been seen as such, you know, on some cards and things like that. Like it's known, I forget, it's known that it was on Bumblebee cards, but not on Cliff Jumper cards. Or? No, there was just like a rumor that it came out on Bumblebee cards, but it's only ever been found on Cliff Jumper cards. Right. I got it the wrong way around. But yeah. but that, that's the thing. But like maybe it was never on Bumblebee cards, but I don't think it was. But, but it would still be incredible if something like that turned up, right? I'm just using right, that yeah, as, as one example. But, uh, I mean, you would know more about that kind of arena than me. But I still find that kind of stuff bizarrely fascinating. But I don't It is fascinating, you, man. It's, you, you don't get that same thing today, though. That's the it's thing. peak vintage nerdery. I think it's wonderful. Mm. And, and when something new pops up, it's amazing. But, like, um, I did have a phase where I thought, is, you know, like how speculators get into hobbies and think, well, I'm going to hold on to this and, and keep it sealed because one day it's going to be worth something because it was in the past. Mm-hmm. I remember when I bought my Vinyltech smokescreen, the BT-07 version, I bought both of them, didn't I? The number one and the number two. And my number two one was inserted into the box backwards. And I was like, oh my God, proper, proper packaging variant. I went online and thought, hey guys, guys, look at this. I've bought a Vinyltech and it's gone in backwards. This is amazing, right? It's amazing. Anyone cares? Nobody cares? I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. Nobody cares. Okay. <laughs> and I was just like, I just took it out of the box and put it in the right way around because nobody cared. <laughs> so, you know, what was my point? Packaging variants versus <laughs> packaging <laughs> variants. It's a good point. It's a good point. And I think it follows on nicely. I, Yeah, it is interesting. I think nowadays though, maybe it was the, it would have been the same back in the day though, I guess, at the time that, you know, things like, oh, here's a an Optimus Prime with red feet, probably nobody would have given her monkeys back in the 80s. You know, it wouldn't have been no, such right. a thing, would it? It's only it's only in later years that this stuff becomes sort of legendary. That red tracks, for example, like D- Dutch collectors who saw those red tracks didn't want them because right. they wanted a blue tracks like in the cartoon. So it yeah. was like not a very popular toy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's what we said earlier, isn't it? That it's always the unpopular stuff at the time, yes. or very often, right. that becomes worthy, becomes worth worthwhile, you know, kind of sought after, mm-hmm. because no no bugger wanted it when it was released, and so, you know, nobody kept it or anything. Uh, whereas, actually, it's the really popular stuff. And I guess that kind of, again, comes back to my point earlier, you know, about people collecting, I know I said, like, Studio Series Hot Rod um, mm-hmm. earlier, but how many people are going to have sealed copies of that toy? You know, so it's never... It's never really going to, I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's ever going to be worth, uh, you know, it's never going to net you a, a decent pension fund or anything like that, you know? Um, so, but it, but who's to say, you know, this stuff, yeah. it, it's it's impossible to tell in some cases, isn't it? What, what, yeah, especially what if it's not like an end of line, end of wave release yeah. that most people aren't interested in. You know, like how Alternators Rumble is kind of a bit of a funny one because it's so late in the yeah. line that just one of those kind of things. Yeah. It's wild when I think about that toy, and I remember seeing it in the entertainer for quite cheap and stuff like that. And 
not giving it a moment's thought. And like now, it's like I would kill to go back and just take them all off the shelf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so many examples like that. I can't tell you the number of people I've spoken to in the last year or more about things like Shining Magnus and, hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, old... Um, uh, what's he called? Movie Preview Magnus. I was going to call him Delta mm-hmm. Magnus there for a minute. Uh, but, you know, even things like the Bape um, yeah. G1 Optimuses, uh, Optimi, and uh, the Jafcon Prime as well. Yeah. You know, all of these really insanely cool reissues that all have exceptionally cool packaging as well, by the way. And all of those Optimus mm-hmm. variants have very unique, uh, not unique, I was going to say very uniform packaging as well that I really appreciate. I think actually you could have a really nice collection of boxed toys just optimuses and magnuses and i think that would be mm-hmm. really stunning to see uh but i digress but yeah all of those i've you know i've seen people kind of going oh man i should have got one of these you know shining magnus when it was cheap as chips and now look at it it's worth x number of whatever and it's uh yeah it's kind of got a bit insane hasn't it yeah but all stuff that people didn't want at the time destroyers from deep space so we've spoken a lot about packaging and it's all designed to sell toys and all things like that. But there are other types of packaging, aren't there, where toys come in. Sometimes it's boxes where it's for display, like the Pit of Judgment or where they come in little baggies or exclusives and things like that. There are lots of different types of packaging, aren't there? Yeah, baggies is a funny one because um, I've bought a number of things recently that just came packaged in baggies. And uh, it's not particularly good for display. Like if you want to keep it totally pristine or sealed and it... It's kind of like these McDonald's changeables that I bought recently. Um, I they came in baggies, and I wanted perfect ones, so I got them sealed. But then I knew that I'd be slicing open the baggies to take them out, and then they'd never be in that kind of display position again. So I bought a second set of each to have a sealed set. And now that I've actually got the open ones in my display, and you know they're they're out there, and I've got the baggies in storage, I just think I'm not going to put them back in the baggies. I'm not going to enjoy them in the baggies. Maybe I should just sell my extra sealed set. And um, so I don't really think they look particularly good in their packaging. And same with like the the mail-away Weetabix drag strip or Fireflight from 1986 or whenever it was. I have, uh, no, actually they were the classic era, weren't they? Like 89, yeah, they were later. Yeah, they were later. So I bought a drag strip fully with the intention of opening it because it was so well-priced. And I did think like, well, that means that this is no longer going to be perfectly mm. maintained. And by the time I'd finished that thought, I'd already sliced open the packaging and taken drag strip out. So it is um, a completely different mentality, though, with those, isn't it? Because they are single use. As soon as you've opened them, right, oh, yeah. it's done. You cannot put them back in. In this, no. well, you can, but it's not. You know, you can't close I, the box. I opened one today. I, I got through a Jusco um, Indie Heat, uh, which is the translucent blue. Uh, car robots indie heat you know it's the it's the one it was given away free with rail racer i think or jrx you had to buy a jrx and you got it for free so it just came in a little plastic bag um and it's not an overly valuable toy or anything like that but yeah same thing it's just a, a literally a clear baggy not even mm-hmm. like some of the other jusco ones which are blind bagged um mm-hmm. which is a, a whole other thing yeah, um, yeah. but you know these this is just a clear little clear plastic bag no marking on it but yeah, if you want to get to the toy, you've got to open it. And and now I'm just left with, I'm looking at it now, <laughs> this little clear plastic bag. What do I do with that now then? Do you know what I mean? Do I, I guess I hang on to it because it's the it's the toy's packaging and, you know, it's Before sort it of... crumbles to dust. Well, yeah. What, the toy? <laughs> no, 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 the plastic packaging. The little oh, bag. okay. 
I thought I thought you were talking. I thought you were knocking clear plastic toys there for a minute. I was going to say that's. Uh, oh, I'll do that as well. I just assumed I didn't want to <laughs> upset you. That's that's the common one, isn't it? You post you post a picture of a clear plastic toy, and inevitably someone says, "Oh, that'll be dust in five yeah. minutes," or something like that. So, oh, but... be careful of the arms. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that occasion where I showed, like a, a well-known um, Transformers person, my yes. clear plastic? I think it was like Diaclone powered suit, and he said. When your daughter's ten years old, that will have crumbled to dust. Well, she's no, nine, and it's it's still fine. There's a, well, so I you, guess there's a catastrophic event <laughs> that's going to happen in the next twelve months, and that thing's going to. Can this please happen live on the pod? <laughs> yeah. It's oh, just, I sold it. I was so worried about this crumbling that I just sold it. So. It's just the weird ways people's brain works, isn't it? Of like, oh, I've got something really exciting. Ah, oh, let me point out the. It, it, the yeah. approximate worst thing that could happen to that item that you've that just you obviously enjoying. have no clue about and have not researched before you've gone yeah. and bought this thing. Yeah, that's it, always exactly. the thing. Like you don't know about it. That's it's when someone always goes GPS, and you're like, I know, I bought yes. this. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I can see. My, uh, I mean, look, we're getting into another topic, but it is funny. But my, you know, I got that black Zarek G1 black Zarek, and people yeah. posting on it, and I, you know, I don't mind at all. It's just funny to me. People posting, be careful, it has GPS, and I'm like. Really? You don't <laughs> like <laughs> like I wouldn't have known that. I've never heard know? of it. What? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> GPS? It just it's just really funny to me. It's like Yoda there. I like that. Well, you know, it's my it's my uh, mock surprise voice. There you go. I'm putting it on especially for that. But uh, you know, it's, it's it's nice that people are taking the time, I guess, to kind of point it out and uh, yeah. and whatever. But it is still kind of funny. Um, but yeah, anyway, talking about um, Jusco uh, rather than clear toys, and yeah, the, the the blind bags is a whole thing as well because of course uh, I had uh, a bit of fun um, doing some uh, blind boxed actually. They weren't even bagged, mm-hmm. but, but uh, blind boxed super spy changes uh, just at the weekend as well. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but that actually, I that I find appealing and not appealing hmm. in terms of packaging. Uh, I've had, I mean, you've both got, you know, MicroMaster six teams and things yeah. as well, which are blind boxed. Um, and I do that, now. yeah, you do now. <laughs> and that that is, I think, fun in its way, but also a total pain in the what's it for collectors because it really is. Yeah, you just don't know I what mean, you're getting. And at the time, they were released in these like case boxes and okay sure yeah. they say one two three four five six on the front but you don't know if you're getting a chase color or the normal color yeah. like how many would you have had to buy my first experience of this was the the scf super collectible figure pvcs you know remember those g1 pvcs the first thing to ever say generation one on the box i had some yeah i mean i remember i would buy a whole act just to get the the chase figure at, at one point i just thought i'm I'm not going to be buying the chase figures online. I'm just going to try and get it and then later assemble it myself yeah. from the parts that were squeezed into different boxes. And uh, I think the only time I've enjoyed that sort of thing is when it's just been really cheap. Like, yeah, um, if it's not cheap, it's no fun yeah. for sure. I, yeah. I, used, I was going to Asda on my way home from work a number of years ago, and there were these like little mini cons that came with fizzy sweets. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah. And there was like ex- some of them would be exclusive colors to the UK. And that was really fun. And, you know, man, I ate a lot of those sweets, <laughs> which was not as fun as it sounded. They were but really coveted f- by Americans for a while, weren't they? I remember people. Yeah, I did sell them. a few sets to the US. And I even went so far as getting the display box as well from one Asda. And that was fun because it was so affordable. And I would just pop in there after work and get like a box of six and then like open them one by one at home. Be like, oh, cool. I finally got that one I was looking for. 
But when you're talking about 20 to 30 pounds per item, yeah. and you open a box and like, uh, I've just got three duplicates of the same thing. It's just That's the not thing. fun at all. I mean, the, the, the six combiners is probably a great example of that because trying to get, yeah, again, you're right. It's the chase versions because you can uh, tell, you know, there is a tiny little thing on the front of the boxes that says one, two, three, four, five, six, but not knowing if it's a chase version or not. So in theory, you could be buying them for some time just trying to collect, you know, a fully white six wing or a black six yeah. turbo or whatever it is. And um, I think the only way to collect them now, I know, I know you've tried to kind of get them piecemeal, but I, I just ended up buying complete sets, you know, for people that had already unbagged them and, and put them mm. together. Just because, oh man, who's got the You pay a premium on? for it, though, don't you? Yeah, to some yeah. extent, I guess. But I, I don't know, though, because I kind of, know, seeing the prices of the individuals, I feel like it stacks up pretty that's, quickly. That's a good point, actually. And, mm. and you know, individual shipping and, you know, mm. customs, if that's a thing or whatever. I, I think it stacks up pretty quick. I actually think, um, thinking about all my six combiners, there isn't, uh, any of them that I wasn't like happy with the, the kind of full price for, yeah, you yeah. know, that I felt. And of course, like, your uh, red six train was a gift. That's true. So that was the best of all. So, yeah. and it is actually probably my favorite as well. So I'm not just saying it's that. lovely. It's um, so it's lovely. So gorgeous. But yeah, the the um, the super spy changes now. I'm in a world where you know I got a, it's it's a case of twelve. They come in a little box of twelve, and of course there are six super spy changes, and then there are. It's confirmed that in each box there's two clear. Uh, versions not chase but just clear versions and so of course then you get um uh, what is it four left over for so that's weird in itself you know four duplicates so you're like okay mm-hmm. so i've got to move these on now um and they're going to a very good friend of mine uh but uh <laughs> there you go that's what i've got for you they can go in with your monster munch and let's do it yeah there we go <laughs> and your and your alternators this box is um, getting better by the minute it's just racking up things you know inserts spy changes um, but now to get the the other four of those clear plastic ones, I'm not looking forward to it actually. No, just because, and of course you know. these these sealed boxes are meant for retailers, aren't they? They're meant to be yeah. point of sale items where people just buy one out of the display box when they go to pay for something else. And you I, know, I do I do like the idea of it though. I like yeah. the idea of it more than the practicality, I guess. But I mean, like Absolutely. your um, your your uh, pre Transformers uh, mini spies, you know, the box that would have come with those. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's fascinating to me. Our uh, vintage store display Takara boxes are just such a wonderful area of this hobby. So unfortunately rare and hard to find, but when you do find them, like the Headmaster Warriors, artwork for the yeah. vintage G1 Headmaster Warriors. I How amazing that. was that? I loved seeing that, particularly as I have the little boxes for all of them, you know, and, and just seeing what it would have looked like in the display. It's fascinating to me to kind of think about that, you know, um, just absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. so yeah re- really really nice but yeah definitely a strange one uh, the old bags and blind boxes and all of that malarkey it's just a different way isn't it, really? it's, it is fascinating as well when third parties get in on the act as well isn't it like with the uh, open and play Galvatron where it came in a in a carrier bag like you just amazing. bought it it's like you just bought it from Lidl or something you know with a bottle of book fast I've never actually seen it I mean I've seen the toy but not yeah. the bag was it just oh, in yeah. a bag yeah it was just it was just a plastic bag with like a drawing of Galvatron's face on it. And then just this like font, like they discovered word in 1995 that just said big cannon on it. it that's all it was. Literally that's all incredible. it was. Yeah. Cause I think I actually, I received the sample of that toy to review and I'm pretty sure it, I know I can't remember. Did it just come bubble wrapped then in, in a box and that's all I had, or did it come in like a clamshell insert? Does, is there a clamshell insert inside the carrier bag? 
No, not from memory. From memory, it was just in a bag. I've but... just found a picture of it. I've just found a picture. It's it's like a it's like a clear plastic bag with some purple writing on it. That yes, yeah. it's big cannon. Um, Look at that font. And... It just looks. It's so it's someone's just discovered word for the first time. Yeah, it's a bit. Font. It's a bit Comic Sans. It's a bit. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, like an email from someone at work saying "Happy Birthday." <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. <laughs> Does it have any clip art on it? Yeah. I can't see the full thing because they've, they've got it, the. It did the... come with a Mister Paperclip accessory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it really does look cheap enough, to be honest. Not not to you know knock them or whatever, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's even got little, one of those little um, white plastic handles. You know that the, yeah. it leaves the little space for you to put your fingers through. Amazing! I couldn't yeah, believe no. it. I thought people were joking until I got it, and I was like, "Huh? Oh, that's new." <laughs> So then I guess the onus is on retailers to package it well and, and to kind of make sure that it's mm. you know, protected and everything. So, but and that's... then bear, bear the brunt of it when they all get returned for damage. Right, exactly. Because, I mean, what? Yeah, it's nuts, really. Yeah, Actually, I was going to say that's kind of a separate but also interesting point, isn't it? Which is uh, shipping all of this stuff, you know, packaging yeah. and how it's protected and uh, whatever, you know, whether it's from retailers or whether it's aftermarket stuff. Because I have noticed more and more, I think Kapow were one of the first to do it, maybe, where they actually say that the the standard of box is not mint and that you pay a slight premium mm-hmm. to get a mint box. And I think that's just on the assumption that, um, you know, that most people will be happy to not have a mint yeah, box when right, it's delivered yeah. and that actually the people that want to care, you know, you pay a couple of extra quid or whatever it is. I, which I, I remember found... like TF Source were the first to do that, I think. When the Transformers... Were TF Source the first one to yeah, do that? Yeah, I remember okay. them offering like a C9 or less C9, perfect right. box, collector's yeah. grade box. Which I guess makes sense. I, I guess if they, you know, by the very nature, these boxes are going to get roughed around and, and, you know, whatever. So maybe it makes sense that they put a few aside and say, okay, these are the the, mm. the real mint ones. Uh, actually, I was just thinking the other day of Unicron as well and how weird it is that Unicron, uh, the new HasLab Unicron, is such an expensive toy. I mean, insanely expensive toy. But actually the shipping box, the it, well, the, the the toy box that comes in is, is the, the shipping, shipping box. box. Yeah, that's the, right. you know, so your address and and everything is just slapped on the side of the the toy box, very much like a delivery from Amazon in that way. Yeah, um, you know, when they do that, I wonder if that's going to be cool twenty years down the line for people who buy these, because I know when people buy mail away G one transformers like Reflector or or the Omnibots or something like that. And this is Omnibot content that will remain in the episode. <gasps> Lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shocker. It depends I, f- I feel, I feel like we're in some sort of frozen timeline here now. Right. That, like yeah. whatever we say is just is completely like it's never going to be heard. <laughs> never going to hit. So no. yeah, I could just say anything right now, and it would just not matter. It wouldn't have any kind of causality when I, when I at all. Off, when I nipped off for a second, did a different Maz come in? Is this? <laughs> did someone yeah. swap him? Well, tell say you what, right say whatever you want, and let's just see if it makes it in. Go ahead. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that'll make it in. <laughs> and, your, and your little dog, too. <laughs> anyway, the um, those G1 mail-away boxes have, like, still have the address of the person who ordered it with robot points. And, and that can be really cool when you see like a really old vintage mail-away box and it's still got the address on it. I think the funniest one I ever saw was a Japanese Diaclone one where one of the inner flaps... It's like a license and you have to attach a little picture of yourself and, and write your name and then you, you take that off and you send it off and that's how you enter the prize draw for the gold chrome jazz or gold chrome browning. Oh, that's cool. And, a, and I found um, a Diaclone Blue Hoist 
where the kid's picture was still attached and it's like had all his information <laughs> on it. That was so bizarre. It was offered to me and I said to my friend, actually, you know what? I'm going to pass on that one. I don't think I want to buy it. That's hilarious. That it was hilarious. really funny. Yeah, I always love it when you get G1 packaging with the robot points cut out. That always right. makes me laugh a little bit because that's when you realize that's when you remember a kid had this. You know, right. at some point, this was a child's toy. Oh, man. Uh, tech specs as well. Always yeah, a tech oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have my childhood Cyclonus tech spec, and on the other side of it, I wrote the the phone number, or I think it was the address of a job interview I had to go to. It was just like the nearest thing. I'm, I'm so ashamed to admit when you were like a child. I defaced my own G1 Cyclonus tech spec from my childhood. Yeah, I, I wondered about the timeline of yeah. that, I have to say. No, I mean, these things were at hand like when I was older, and I just thought, you know, oh, I've got to write it on something. Like, what was I thinking? Yeah. I just I just love this idea that Maz was going to work when he was like eight. He was already applying for jobs. <laughs> I love the idea that when he was applying for jobs, the nearest thing he <laughs> was to write on was, was a vintage Transformers <laughs> box. No, no just, just the tech spec. No, just the tech spec. Just I already mutilated spec. the box. Yeah. No pen or paper or anything. Just mm. literally just grabbing the first thing, just fumbling around. And, and there it is, just this Cyclonus tech spec. Just, just carried it around in his back pocket all of the yeah, time. I literally <laughs> can't, can't, can't believe it. Like telling this story, I can't believe it. But it is the, it is the truth. I think I'm going to have to photograph it next time I'm back in London and just show you. It's just it mad. raises so many questions, that story. It's hilarious. Did no, you know it was the. Yeah, I knew what I was doing. I just didn't care. I think it was just a little bit before I'd gotten back into Transformers as like an 18-year-old. It's just why the Cyclonus tech spec was hanging around there, I have no idea. I was going to say, I still... it's really weird that you you say, I didn't care, but you still had it then. It's this, this tech oh, I, I mean, I, ha- well. I still have a jar of all of my childhood robot points. You know, All the ch- robot points I cut out of Transformers, <laughs> I still have a jar of it. You know? I don't think you can redeem them anymore. No, but I'm waiting for the day where I can. <laughs> A jar of robot points. There you go. Yeah. I had yeah. to finish that sentence really quickly before one of you two decided you were going <laughs> to insert something. <laughs> oh, there we go. What are we inserting? We'll work it in in post later. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's tons of that sort of stuff with, with G1 packaging, certainly, isn't there? I, I'm amazed that we've got this far without talking about decoder specs and things like that, or any kind of in-passing mm. reference. So that was, you know, I suppose it was fun. It was it was a real thing at the time, wasn't it? But yeah. um, and the first time you did it again as an adult, yeah. owning a G one package, it was like, oh wow, look at this. Stopped caring immediately. Five minutes. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fun for a point, but uh, yeah. until you learn to read them by just going a little bit cross eyed and kind of working it out without <laughs> the little the little red strip, and then it, uh, that was it was that. amazing though how important like the tech specs and stuff were as a kid you know like the little bios and stuff because right. it sold the toy to you because you didn't have the internet to know about the character so unless 100%. you were getting the comics or the cartoon you didn't know these things and this was how you learned who this character was and it sold you a little story on its own didn't it yep. yeah made it made a massive difference it was the big selling point really i think of that line and i think i think we said it uh, in a previous episode i forget which one but we were talking about you know the kind of origins of transformers and why it Kind of meant more than uh, to people than Diaclone, not to disparage Diaclone, but you know mm. why it kind of resonated with people more, and it was all because mm. of those uh, bios. I think you know that um, the old Bob wrote, and um, mm-hmm. and the kind of characters, and, and just the way that they put it across as these characters having personality uh, and kind of filling in the blanks between the fiction, you know, for characters that were a bit kind of you know nondescript in the mm. cartoon or whatever. Uh, yeah, made a made a massive difference. Um, Do you remember when he said he'd basically done all of that on Thanksgiving weekend? 
1983. Real rough like job. just taken all those toys home, lined them all up on his like mantelpiece or whatever it was, and just written yeah. those text specs. I remember like asking him, I thought, which was the most ridiculous question I thought I could have asked was, uh, so did you get to handle those toys and take them home? He goes, yeah, yeah, I took all those toys home. Yeah. And I just, there should have been a follow-up question like, can I have them? Yeah. <laughs> Do you maybe still have them? Yeah, they're probably in his loft or whatever. I don't know. But yeah. uh, that's amazing. Know, or... He just wrote them all in like Thanksgiving weekend. Like Jim Shooter gave him that job. So go do this. And I, I know. And now these are these are characters, some of them anyway, are characters that are like the sort of uh, tentpole of, of, you know, multi million dollar franchise, you know, and kind right. of having movies made about them and everything. And he just literally did it for, for one job over a weekend. And that was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but didn't he also recently say that he came up with the was it the visionaries uh, theme or something or the 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 words for it or whatever and and he came up with that whilst he was watching TV one evening um, I, I can't remember the exact there was something he said online about that recently um, but yeah it's the, crazy when you think about how much stock people put in it as well right now they're, like, they're yeah, looking yeah, for yeah. all this deep law and they're like these characters they have to behave like this or act like this and like some geezer came up with it on a weekend mate you know exactly (laughs) if there was one thing from from bob bob uh, budiansky that i would say really comes across is that it was a job and that you get that Mm. sense from him and you know people asking him questions i never forget someone asking him a question at tfn that year and and he and him trying to understand what was being asked about this specific character and whatever and just kind of going I don't know, man. This was a job for me, and it was like that's so common with ago, with ex Hasbro people. It's so yeah. common. Like we've tracked down people who used to work in Hasbro, and we asked them about packaging and and things that had gone on toys. And you do very much get the impression, like, can you remember the minute details of a yeah. job you had twenty years ago, yeah. of what was written on the box of something you were supposed to be selling, like the, you know the the small print? Like, no. It was just the job to the majority it, it just, of the people yeah, who worked exactly. there. They, they got hired to do a job. They did it. And that's that's what we then got in hand and hold mm. with this kind of reverence and, and whatever. But, you know, Absolutely. to them, it was just a, a payday, wasn't it? So yeah. and, and just good that people, we had people like Bob that were extraordinarily good at it, I think. Mm-hmm. What do you think it's going to be like going forward then? Like... With most toys now, a lot of them are being bought on the internet, aren't they, and stuff. So mm-hmm. is packaging even going to be very important going forward? Because it doesn't have to sell the toy anymore. And well, stuff like the bios, like even now they're already relegated to, it's like yeah. blur goes really fast and then 14 other languages telling you the same thing. It's All of these things are slowly disappearing, aren't they? I think it's what's interesting to me is that you're seeing it. Uh, there you go. It's interesting. Uh, you're seeing it in the... But more on that later. Yeah, you're seeing kind of two two sides of it, really, in that I would say on the one hand, yes, packaging is almost becoming less important. And of course, it's probably worth talking a bit about in a minute as well, about the fact that Hasbro have stated that they want to get rid of plastic. You know, they're looking to uh, reduce the amount of packaging that they put on their products, things like that, make it more recyclable, uh, environmentally friendly, which is great. Um, but there's also seemingly... Uh, this notion or this trend towards less, I don't want to say less effort going into the packaging, but less elaborate packaging, you know, so as you said, Liam, like the bios are typically smaller, a bit more relegated, you know, tech specs and decoders aren't as much of a thing as they once were, um, you know, the the kind of big glorious uh, paintings and things, you know, the back of the box uh, battles that we used to get isn't such a thing now. There is a kind of more generic feeling to some of the packaging 
uh, all of that. So it's all kind of been streamlined to be a bit more efficient and, and whatever. But at the same time, there are other aspects to it which make it more exciting. So like with uh, studio series, you know, the little inserts and things that they put in there to kind of recreate different scenes from the movie, for example. Uh, you know, so like Hot Rod, I thought it was great that they have it that was, little... Yeah. You know that bit with the Matrix in it, and the yeah. the the Quintesson one as well. It all looks really superb. Yeah, the Scourge um, one with the reformat grid in the background it was was superb. That was fun. Right. Contemplated so, keeping that for a week and then didn't. <laughs> but the fact that it's in there to begin with yes, is like it, is it, yeah. it, it's interesting to me because they didn't have to do that. Nobody bought that. I don't think. I'm sure. Well, maybe somebody, but very few people will have been swayed specifically because of the packaging. So, but it's still kind of a fun thing to include for the people that really appreciate that, and I think yeah. that's and the use of the movie Transformers logo was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, that actually, for me, more than the inserts and all of that, mm. that was the one thing that I got a real kick out of seeing when I got Hot Rod because I was like, that logo is so particular to that film, and you know, for someone that had the the poster of the film and everything on their bedroom wall, you know, it's kind of emblazoned in my brain a bit. So I just think it's interesting that they're clearly going in this route of kind of less packaging is better and how do they streamline it but then they are also including things that are kind of a bit elaborate as well mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. so what do we think that um studio series hot rod variant is going to be target master a... it's gonna be the black one isn't it we all know i'm gonna go let with it, pink let it be pink magenta fuchsia pink whatever yeah, yeah. okay I'll, I'll share your optimism and i hope everyone's been enjoying all the uh pink hot rod imagery we've been putting out on social media mm. Need a pink hot rod one day. If it's got to be studio series, then so be it. But of course, it would be lovely if it was G1. But uh... I've got a shout out to Chris QQ for his amazing work on digibashing those hot rods into pink because how good do they look? Mm, very good. I've enjoyed the people just... who thought they were real as well. That was... Yeah, yeah. People who own them. Yeah. One of the guys who actually owns a prototype pink hot rod said to me, uh, so where did you get that then? <laughs> I was like, it's a digibash. You know, that's, that's how good his work was. Chris, Chris has got as that's happened to him before though. You know, he yeah. he's done a few digibashes that have then been doing the rounds, and people forget that they're digibashes or don't realize, and they get shared and shared, mm. and then people are like, "Oh my god, look at this new toy that's coming out!" And it's like, "Nope, it's uh, it's it's Chris. <laughs> he's done his and magic again." Don't you think that's related to packaging? Because like, I remember being on TFW, and because Masterpiece has such uniform packaging, people were digibashing masterpieces that weren't even coming out yet. They're yeah. like weird repaints. And then there's always a specialist who does really good digibashes of them. And of course, he started doing those digibashes to masterpiece stock photos, which are on that really classic gray uh, marble-like background. So yeah, I mean, that's a thing. That's to do I've, with packaging and presentation yeah, yeah. and official photographs and presentation of I've toys. I've seen Masterpiece Boxes digibashed before to, for mm. new characters, new toys that haven't happened yet. I have seen people actually kind of dreaming up what the packaging would look like, which is mm. kind of interesting in itself. Um, but yeah, no, you know, it definitely is kind of related, it's fair to say. Uh, quite interesting. I'm pretty interested to see what happens to sort of like a, the reissue packaging. You know, if they do start reducing, well, when they do start reducing plastic down, because they're still quite elaborate packages, aren't they? And it's like, mm. how are we mm. seeing the end of this? Because they've only just started bringing them back, haven't they? It's going to be quite sad well, thinking. Walmart and all of that. That's a, that's a yeah. good point, actually. That's a good point. Potentially well, like, like we said earlier, the, the Walmart Beast Wars reissues use the same kind of molded bubble blister, don't they? They as do. The vintage. They, I'm actually quite excited to see that come back. So, um, yeah. I might have they, to they, get a primal. Might have to get a primal because that's a great toy. Yeah, I've owned yes. one before. I really like it. 
Oh man, yeah, I'm going to get one for my boy. I've said online, oh, I will, nice. um, because I, I had one uh, Primal in hand, uh, and I put it up on eBay, and it sold uh, my old copy, you know. And then um, he clocked it when I was getting it ready to go in the box, and instantly fell in love with it. And mm. me saying to him. I'm afraid this is going to someone else. Well, you're going to have to it fix was, that now, aren't you? Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. He's, um, yeah, it was, yeah, definitely he he deserves that for sure. But it is exciting to see them redoing that packaging, uh, that Beast Wars packaging in the vintage style. But you're right, Liam, it doesn't really tally with the kind of mission that they've sort of said to to reduce some of those plastics and things in that packaging either, does it? So, yeah, it's interesting. No, that's it. It seems like they're going the other way, despite what they're mm. saying as such. But mm. again, I feel like I'm going to be really sad once you don't see them anymore. But I'm interested to see how they do it without mm. the windows, because having a little clear plastic window is such a classic part of Transformers, isn't it? Like well, isn't the idea yeah. to reduce waste? Yeah. Well, it is, a, lot, a lot of... They've said. They've, well, I was going to say they've said specifically that they'll. I think uh, eliminate. Uh, they're they're going to eliminate plastic in the packaging. Great. So the so the the debate was how are they going to do the window? Yeah. Right. A lot of the toys that my daughter buys, like she she's really into OMG dolls and LOL dolls, and those boxes double up as play sets. You know, you just you unfold the box and it's a massive stage where the doll itself will will then perform and it's got like a mic and a band and musical instruments and you need the entire box that folds out and becomes the stage so it's not just like the display stand for a vinyl tech or the background you know from one scene of transforms the movie it's a full on playset with opening compartments and stuff and she wants to keep all of them because they they give it play value you know like they they have these furniture sets that fold out and become like this entire room where the doll then sits and interacts with everything. So the the actual box is the playset, um, just closed up, and you open it, get the toy out, and then it's an entire playset. So that's in a way reducing waste because it, it's kept with the toy. But eventually, of course, it will find its way into the waste or recycling or resold or whatever it is. So so that's another option. It's interesting with the kingdom boxes as well. I don't know if you've noticed those, but they've shrunk the window on the front quite a bit, hmm. and it's a yeah. lot more cardboard. And I'm, I'm pretty sure. Being as I've got most of them, I could have sworn that I don't think there are the plastic trays inside holding the figures. I think they're uh, strapped to the cardboard. I think you're right, actually. Just thinking to Air Razor or the couple of Kingdom ones that I do have, I think you are right, yeah. Um, Yeah. Whereas Siege and Earthrise, I think I'm pretty sure they were still in the plastic trays, weren't they? Mm. No, they were, yeah. We were going to talk about plastic trays, weren't we? The idea of like sometimes these accessories being jammed into this plastic tray. When they're bent. mm. Yeah, and yeah. then you try and get this accessory out and all you end up doing is bending yeah. the accessory or stressing it because it's so badly jammed in. You I, know, even going as far back as Takara Collector's Edition reissues, they have yes. some really nasty plastic inserts. I, I, I hate it sometimes, trying to free toys from packaging like that when it's stressful and you're, and you're just trying to get it out. But there's this actual feeling of like, I'm going to break this, just trying to get yeah. it free of the clamshell or free of the, the plastic tray or whatever. Yeah, I hate it. It's one of the horrible things they've started doing isn't it is they cut holes in the plastic tray yeah. and so parts of the toys sort of poke through yeah and then yeah. when you're trying to pull it out of the tray it's stuck and you like you can see things bending and it's terrifying yeah. it's not good it's not good yeah i wonder what they will do with the window and all of that it's i'm kind of fascinated to see it actually i mean i think it's a great move uh of course that you know people um it did create a bit of debate and some people were not pro the idea because they you know i saw a couple of people uh, online when when it was announced, really rallying against it, you know, because they wanted the, the toys to kind of, you know, um, keep looking the same, the packaging to still 
keep looking the same, you know, and sod the planet and whatever. And I, I don't know, it's kind of a mad yeah. one because we, we do live on the planet, obviously. So, yeah. um, but uh, I don't know, for me, I'm fascinated to see how they do it. Um, I think it will be uh, a, probably a very good move. Well, no doubt it will be. I'm just, I kind of can't imagine how it's going to be. Maybe it'd be more win- windowless uh, boxes yeah. as well. I don't know. And it's going to eliminate that idea of displaying a toy in box, isn't it, as well? That's all going to completely go if they got well, rid of the windows. I reckon I've figured out what they're going to do. And and this is based on a package I received from Japan recently, which was the least effort I've ever seen employed by a seller, and yet it was genius. So I bought this small train bot, G1 train bot. It's probably about the size of a like a Stunticorn or something. And uh, I got the the shipping box, and I was like, it's very light and I can't hear anything moving inside, like literally nothing moving inside. I opened it and all he had done is he'd, he'd taken the train bot. There was a tiny bit of bubble wrap and he had just taped it to one side of the box. So I just oh, opened yeah. this shipping box. There's this tiny little toy taped <laughs> to yeah. the one wall of this box. No insert packaging material, no newspaper, no peanuts, no th- nothing. And it's like, that's genius and insulting at the same time, but genius. <laughs> It is mad, though, how uh, we were going to talk about it as well, but how some uh, people, you know, secondhand packaging, how they box stuff up. Oh, or... oh don't. don't I, just I, don't. No, I, I, I'm kind of, so, so was, triggered by this. I was so to ease you in gently. I was trying to ease you in gently into this Mate, topic because I know you've had some I bad experiences. Still, still get people taking G1 vintage boxes, folding the flap over, shoving it into a jiffy bag, uh, you know, a padded envelope and sending it into the post into the hands of parcel farce you know and Hermes it's like it's never going to arrive at the other end in the same state you've had some super shockers though can I say you've had I mean you know that wasn't an allusion to your shockwave debacle by the way but oh uh, oh, (laughs) oh, oh, mate it really that wasn't. Could have used some packaging that could I don't know what packaging would have saved it from being driven over by a forklift but I mean, that, that in itself, how does this keep happening to you where your your vintage shockwave got driven over by a forklift truck? But then also, you know, you've got people sending you stuff and just literally shoving it in boxes with no protective packaging whatsoever. Yeah. Well, it wasn't one of yours recently just wrapped in uh, brown paper. It wasn't even yeah, in cardboard. It was, um, it was a vinyl tech that had one layer of bubble wrap and then it had brown paper on the outside. And of course, vinyl tech packaging is 50% plastic window. Yeah. So of course, I mean, I was oh. just holding it in my hand saying, this is the size of a vinyl tech box. So there's, there's probably not a lot of surrounded packaging. And of course, it was kind of squishy. And I thought, yeah, I, you know, the plastic window is going to be ruined on this. And of course, it was completely split and, and ruined. And, and when you buy from a collector, it's disappointing. But a, a lot of the weird things I buy, I don't buy from collectors. And yeah. sometimes I just need to remember that it doesn't matter how high you run the risk of insulting somebody, you've got to say, please package this to arrive in exactly the same state as you've got it in your hands there. Because yeah. sometimes they just think, oh, you've, and I buy rare stuff sometimes for super cheap. Like, well, this thing only costs that dude £7.50. I'll just stick it in a plastic envelope uh, and send it the way it is. I, I don't think it's insulting to ask at all. I, I sell stuff on eBay or wherever, and I still get people messaging me uh, mm-hmm. saying, please, can you make sure it's well yeah. wrapped or whatever. That's a good point, I, actually. I, I never insults me. Offense. Never yeah. take You're absolutely right. Yeah, good point. I always reply and I say, yes, of course, I'll use, you know, multiple layers of bubble wrap. I'll put brown paper in there as well. I'll make sure it's well wrapped, you know, because it's important to know. And people are paying, in some cases anyway, you know, quite a lot of money um, 
And, uh, you know, it's important to make sure that it arrives in good condition. Completely uh, agree. I, uh, but, but you're also right to acknowledge that actually sometimes people just don't appreciate what a difference is going to make. And it shows you that actually how a non-collector might think of toy packaging as right. sort of disposable or not worth anything, yep. not knowing that actually that folding that flap on top of a vintage uh, you know, G1 box is uh, is enough to give people the cold sweats. Yeah, it can it can just dis- destroy the whole point of the purchase. It'll just yeah. completely remove the entire point of the purchase. And even if you get your money back, you just think, well, that's a specimen that's been ruined, and no one's yeah. won from that. No one's benefited. I think I remember like someone actually sending a G1 box just with an address written on it. You know, just Ooh. stuck to it. That's what Amazon Thanks. do though now, isn't it? They yeah, they, they shipping label on the front of the box and just ship the box out. That's what they've been doing. Face palm. Or maybe never, people don't care about modern boxes. You know, maybe modern packaging. Oh no, people just... have been complaining about that on Twitter. People rightly have been so. Yeah, that's, what, that's where I saw it. Yeah, so. which I, I think rightly so. It's never happened yeah. to me. I've never ordered that from Amazon. Anything from Amazon, uh, you know, Transformers, or whatever. But um, I have seen pictures of it, and it is kind of like, oh, it's a bit rough. Yeah. So, so, speaking of sacrilege and and boxes, I had have a lot of G one boxes in my collection now in really good condition. And one of the things that matters with G1 boxes is sometimes if one of the side flaps is still sealed with the original retail seal. And uh, I have to say, I've been opening all of them and flattening these boxes for storage because most of them don't have the insert bubble and the amount of real estate that these boxes take up. It was just time and I just flattened every single box I could, opened the seal on both sides, think I'm the owner, I want to keep it for me. So I'm just going to do what works for my collection and my life. Same reason I got rid of all the masterpiece packaging and all the third-party packaging, and even recently the Studio Series 86 packaging. I thought I'd keep it, but in the end, no, it's better out of my life. I think you've got to make the decisions that are right for you as a collector. I don't think cutting a second piece of tape on a box that already has the tape cut on the other side, I don't don't think that's the worst. No, it it didn't matter to me in the end. Yeah, yeah. I, I think... Maybe there's someone out there that would be like, oh, you know, the, the idea of that. I don't imagine there would be many people. Incidentally, I want to lobby a challenge for anybody that is still listening to this uh, conversation about boxes at this point. But, uh, you know, I, I'd suggest going back to the start and, and uh, having a drinking game with the amount of times Maz says the word flaps through this entire <laughs> this entire episode. Because I swear, it's I'm sort of chuckling in my head now whenever you use the word flaps. I'm just kind of, I don't know, tickling me slightly. I'm waiting for him to start saying that flaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, indeed. He's saying not nothing. Saying a word, about, not yeah. saying a word. <laughs> anyway, going back to your point. No, I um I, I I'm totally with you about flattening stuff and all of that. I think it's um interesting. You gotta, you, well, yes, it's interesting. Uh, you've got to make decisions though, don't you, that are right for you as a collector, because uh, you know, there are bits, as I said earlier, that I've recycled, bits I've kept. I, I think what what I struggle with a little bit is that sometimes actually, when I sit down and think about what I've chosen to keep and not keep, it's not always that logical. So for example, I will pretty much always recycle third party packaging. But actually, and that's for space, because imagine keeping all those fans toys boxes, uh, you know, and actually, that's one thing I will say is that they, I think should stop using styro, because that's Mm -hmm. not environmentally friendly at all. You know, so like, that's, it's fun, 
but it's done now. Do you know what I mean? We've all had fun with the Styro, but probably time to cut that now. I think they didn't that's... start with Styro, did they? Like, no, I don't they, think Quake no. and Scoria didn't have Styro. Yeah, no, 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 they didn't. It was Saw was the first one, Yes. Um, interestingly. But I mean, look, how it's... amazing was it to get Saw the first time, though? Oh, have that double layer Styro. It was, like, it was incredible. Don't get me wrong. It was incredible. And I loved it. But And it's not me wishing to be preachy, but I just think now when I see them now, and it's like FT... 106 or whatever we're on I, I think you know the the it's been done and there's a lot of styro out there now so but that's just my you know um, that's my little preachy moment done but um what was i saying uh, yeah so i do recycle a lot of third-party packaging that that can be recycled but then actually bizarrely that's some of the stuff that if anything i'm more likely to sell on later down the line and then i don't have the boxes so but it's it's equally it's not worth it to me so i've sold a couple of third-party bits recently and it's never really harmed the sale. There are a couple of people that maybe are like, oh, do you have the box? Uh, bizarrely, mostly on fans' toy stuff, actually, probably mm. more than any. But um, it's never majorly harmed the sale to the point where I think, actually, it's worth me keeping that box for however many years and taking up space in my house in order to you know, get a slightly higher resale value. But just and, and I, that's how I've come to sort of think of it, is that actually if I do lose a little bit of coin later on, well, that's the price that I have to pay to get the space back, you know, and to, to mm -hmm. kind of recycle it. Um, that's so exactly what logic went through my head when I got rid of MP packaging. So, yeah. uh, yes, it's going to affect sale prices, lose customers that who would potentially would have bought these things, but the cost of living versus, sorry, the quality of life versus the cost of a few better sales, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, definitely. See, bizarrely, I do keep all masterpiece packaging apart from MPM uh, movie masterpiece because I really like it, and uh, so yeah, that I would keep. Uh, but G one, you know, I've I've sold on, and because I, I just couldn't uh, most of it anyway. Collector's edition stuff I keep, and and all of that. But um, just because I love it, absolutely love G one packaging, but it was just so inconsistent and no way to store it. I do keep all of my Japanese G one and anything that is quote-unquote valuable or rare or you know anything like that um which is mostly japanese <laughs> uh but so i do keep that um but i mean i love i would have loved and i think you know i did flirt with the idea of keeping a set of i think it was headmasters and target master packaging at one stage and power masters so glad but, you didn't <laughs> yeah i think you had them didn't you but um but even then you know it was just the fact that they're all different sizes just hmm. was mad to me um so there's no real way to kind of stack them or display them that's exactly why i flattened them mate that's precisely yeah. it so we've done a lot of talking about packaging but let's have a, a couple of questions here so maz what's your favorite type of packaging juicer diaclone 100 percent. styro inserts alt mode packaging like vintage g1 incredible exclusive artwork on one whole side of the box that's just beautiful and is the main thing i collect so that is absolutely top of my list is juicer dicone packaging i love g1 packaging obviously probably um target masters headmaster era is probably my favorite i think now looking back it's the ones i am most likely to display and um i think i really like car robots packaging as well that you know, it's lovely, kind of it? eventually has finally sucked me back in to this line that I never collected, but finally the floodgates have opened, and I want those Takara Car Robots boxes more than anything. It, it's incredible now. how JRX, like an, that box. <laughs> but I mean, it is incredible. Like even that, like an older toy line, not like 
super vintage like G1, but car robots can suck you in even now. Like. Yeah. It's the best toy line that some people don't collect. I'm, sh- I'm sure it's going to be the thing where when I've got them, I'll just think, why didn't I do this sooner? I always knew it was going to be great. And the packaging is actually a huge part of that. Yeah. And the same with the Hasbro version of the RID packaging. Mm. It's just so beautiful. It and is again, nice, that- yeah. That is a weirdly sort of underappreciated toy line, isn't it? The Transformers. Mm. It's almost, it's not yep. forgotten, but it almost feels like the forgotten one because everyone sort of skips over it. They just skip straight to the Unicron trilogy and then onwards. And it, it sort of feels like, it almost feels like Transformers started with G1, took a break, and then started again around the right. time of the movies. RID CR episode is going to be epic. <laughs> just wait till you end up with Skybike because he's like the best character. Six O. What's, what's your favourite packaging? Uh, yeah, just uh, similar to Maz, really. It's it's G One Target Masters and Headmasters, and to to a certain extent, Power Masters as well. Just yeah. because electricity, just, baby, it's just incredible. <laughs> yeah, the electricity is cool. That effect, but just for me, it's the it's everything that's great about that kind of era of G One packaging. You know, it's got the sunburst and all of that. It's got the flap, the pictures of the toy transforming on the top, which I love. It's got the back of the art box. Sorry, did, you, did you say flap? I did say flap. That was me saying flap. You said flat too, then. <laughs> uh, but but the thing that I really love about the Target Master and Headmaster packaging is the little window for the uh, for the the Nebulon, oh, uh, yeah. which is just amazing. Absolutely love it. So seeing the um, toy in in vehicle mode and then having the little the little guy uh, in his own little window. Uh, yeah, it's just, I remember as a kid being in awe of that packaging, and the feeling hasn't gone away to today. Also, G1 gift sets are pretty nice, aren't they? They, are, yeah, that's really nice. I've never owned one though. The packaging, never owned one. I've, I had a I had a vague notion of uh, of doing that at one stage, you know, Superior or whatever. Uh, and then, as we said earlier, the the dream went towards uh, gold box uh, instead. Do you not have a Leo Kaiser gift set then? I do have. I, well, that I was talking. <laughs> to... No, no, no. I was, I was talking Scramble City and all of that malarkey. But I do, I do have a, a Leo Kaiser. Gift set. Yes, I do. Thank you. It's very nice. I'm so flappy for you. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) It's late. (laughs) Just cut the podcast now. That's it. Just end on that. Liam, your favourite. I'm going to go with a bit of a left field one. I'm not even going to pick Transformers. Because I was was actually thinking about this. Well, you know what it is? Is Normally, I would have picked G1, but I was thinking about it, and it's, you know, because I've seen it so much, it's as beautiful as I still as I still find it, and as nostalgic as it is. I was opening some boxes the other day, and I took out a Brave Star toy, and uh, seeing right, yeah. that packaging just, like, it almost knocked me over. It's so beautiful. So, at the moment, that's very keenly on my mind, because I remember seeing that in the shops as a kid, and it was, like, one of the first times I really felt like I was looking at premium packaging, because it had that mm. gold sort of embossed thing going on, that white and red. And it just felt completely different to anything else. Did you have to um, run off to your bedroom and scream into a pillow? Because <laughs> if you didn't, mate, then it wasn't that good. I was going to say, you know, that's that's the level of excitement that boxes can get you. Yeah. I prefer to keep that private myself, thank you. <laughs> okay, that's not a podcast <laughs> share. In the beginning came the beasts, but nature lies. They're robots in disguise. So those are some great answers. But what is an example of packaging you'd never part with? Uh, I guess for me, the obvious one is, is, I guess, Masterpiece, because that's the one that I've hung on to fairly consistently. But actually above that, I would say some of the, the Japanese G1. So again, like the Laikaiser, 
Star Saber, Road Caesar, you know, all of these phenomenal toys um, that I just can't ever imagine one to, you know, great shot, you know, things like that. And I love that packaging. Absolutely love that packaging. The the artwork on it is stupendous. The style of it, um, even some of the kind of more reissue toys. So like the, the reissue Jinrai, uh, Fire Guts Jinrai, you know, things like the Fire Guts Gojinrai box is one of my favorite boxes of all time. It's just phenomenally gorgeous. It's just the artwork on it. They've redone it in orange. It's just beautiful. The pictures of the toy on it are beautiful. The whole thing, the whole style of it, love it. So yeah, that's my answer is that Japanese G1, but some of those, that whole style of thing. That's immense. Fantastic fantastic answers. Brilliant answers. What about you, Liam? Oh, me? Uh, For me, it would be the G1 swoop box. I'm not that bothered about keeping boxes. I prefer to get rid of them because I feel this need to keep them. You know know what I mean? Like, So I kind of like to force myself to get rid of them. But the G1 swoop box, it was such... Um, a moment getting that toy that I couldn't never part with it. If I got rid of everything, that would be the toy I would keep as well. So It's a great toy. I know you love that one. Isn't that one of the boxes where you... Is it that you can see on the box the photography that there's a something propping the toy up? Or have know. we just... Or have we just seen the behind-the-scenes photos so many times? I think times, so, yeah. Yeah, we saw that recently. Yeah. Yeah. That, that swoop box is so wonderful. You know, it's got like the, the gold parts from the Diaclone, but with yes. the red chest and yes. everything and the pointy nose. Do you know, the toy that was used for that photography just recently sold. It was made available for sale from an ex-employee. Wow. And uh, I asked about it, but I didn't get the swoop, but I did get other toys from that lot. And that's another amazing thing about G1 packaging. It's covered in prototypes. Yeah, which is which is fascinating by itself. Yeah. Uh, and and there are some, aren't there? The the is it Octane? I think there's one of them, isn't Octane's it? Octane's where... got the Kodak box underneath yes, it, yeah, yes. on the top of the box. That's the classic, yeah, 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 wonderful, yeah. yeah. And that we when we were doing when we were talking about photography, we were saying how makeshift it can be, and it's just wonderful yes. to think that back in the '80s, that's how it was as well. That these guys yeah. that were taking pictures of it all is yeah. it's just fantastic. Love it. Yeah, so that swoop box is really super special because it has that like half half prototype on it which is basically yeah. a diaclone yeah. painted red. And, and someone owns that now, that actual toy. I've got the grapple from the grapple box in my collection. Really? It's got all those stickers on the side that were only used on the grapple that was photographed for the Transformers boxes because it didn't exist in diaclone, those stickers, and it doesn't exist in Transformers. They were just on the mock-up that was used on the box. And, you know, someone like Raz owns g1 prototypes hard copies of other toys that are on packaging and that's something really special about g1 packaging just that those little bits of history that are scattered around them swoop is almost a like one. a work in progress isn't it yes a lot precisely yeah. Yeah. yeah perceptor is another one isn't it that the toy looks different on the box yeah, it's got uh, a red head raz yeah. owns that and i've seen that in person Slag gray well, astro train is, is yeah gray, gray astro, astro train. train gray astro train yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah snarl it's, it's, has got a red head as well on yeah, the gonna, well, yeah, yeah yeah Yes, he does, doesn't he? He does. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. Of course, it- Blue Blue Streak. Blue yeah. Blue Streak. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Fascinating, really. So, yeah. What about you, Ness? Um, great Short was an excellent shout. And Victory Packaging in general is glorious. Um, but yeah, G1 Great Shot, great shout. That's one I'd never part with. Uh, Juicer Diclone Mirage is one I would never part with. Um, it's the first Juicer Diclone I bought because of the art, and I'll keep it forever. Um, and I'd like to say JRX because it's so gorgeous. 
I've I've owned it before, but it was a really long time ago that I owned the gift set and sold that. So I hope I, I won't ever repeat that mistake. And uh, I did have one more. There was one. Oh yes, um, Target Master Hasbro Scourge, the one that you gave me, is just one of the most oh, special right. boxes. And it's really funny because it, it's actually the bottom of the box that you know when you have a really large image of the alt mode and the robot next to each other. And then it's got the name and function bar and a bit of writing that says transforms from bar of soap to robot and back again. Yeah, that's, um, that's really nostalgic for me. And I have a photograph of me at age seven with the box for Target Master Scourge just behind me on my bed. And it's just from that angle. And uh, having that box is, is amazing. That's one I would never sell. I remember getting that box with the with the toy, obviously, and uh, you know, being super happy to have it, and then and then saying to you, "Yeah, you can you can have the box." And I remember how you were quite excited about it, as I recall. Still, um, one of the it's the only box I have in my display. Everything else is packaged away and flattened. Not that one. That one stays. Mm, it nice. is amazing, like how beautiful, like so many boxes are, but the ones you choose to keep are generally the ones that mean something to you, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They are. There's like an attachment to them. Makes them that extra bit special. Yeah, sometimes it's something like a price tag. Like um, if I ever find a G1 Starscream box with a Toys R Us UK price tag, I'll go crazy for it. Like I, I couldn't even imagine missing out on that. I have a, a UK, UK, I think it's a Grandstands Converter Alphatron with a Harrods price sticker on. And, you know, my wife worked at Harrods for years and it's like, it just, it was a really cool thing to have. I was like, yeah, these were sold in Harrods. I remember that I I saw um, a UK Weird Wolf box and it had a Hamleys price tag and it was like seventeen ninety nine for a Weird Wolf in nineteen eighty seven typical Hamleys. It's like amazing to see that. So sometimes it's little things like that, and I'd really love to find um, an Argos smokescreen as well with the Argos code sticker on the side. There are little things like that, and one I'll never find is a hubcap with a Fennec sticker on it. I mean, oh. what are the odds of someone? buying a hubcap from Fennec and still having the price tag on it. That would be amazing. I love how specific your answers are like that as well. It's fantastic. It's just that personal sort of touch, isn't it? Yeah. That's how, Th- that's how much these toys mean to us, though, isn't it? Mm. That's how much... The, we wouldn't the be things here if that, didn't, would we? Right. The connection to a moment in the past and a specific set of parameters that evoke the strongest emotional response from your from your history because they made you so happy when you were younger that we're still here today feeding off that. Yeah. Packaging is an enormous part of that. So one final question then, and we spoke about this on social media, haven't we, as before in multiple places, but robot or vehicle mode in packaging, or I suppose for Sixer, beast mode. <laughs> alt mode, just alt mode. Yeah. Um, for me, very definitely alt mode, all the time. No question, I would always rather the toys came packaged in their alternate form whatever that might be you know um and it's for lots of reasons i think it's great to see uh i just i like the combination of toy in alt mode and character artwork in robot mode i think that's glorious because then you get to see this beautiful drawing of of all the potential that kind of gets your imagination going of what that toy could do um, kind of what it represents, which I think is great. And the, the packaging artwork kind of becomes iconic in its own right. Um, also, I think it's really nice to see the alt mode and what it looks like and to kind of make a thing of that because I think all too often the alt mode can be seen as secondary or kind of as like a byproduct of the of the main thing. 
and that's probably a whole topic in itself. But I really like getting stuff out in alt mode from the package and then having the experience of transforming it into robot mode and kind of revealing the robot as you go for the first time. That, for me, is the ultimate experience. All of that, every part of it, including the packaging. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, if I was to take something like, well, like some of the more recent Studio Series stuff, like something like Grimlock, which comes packaged in robot mode, and it looks dead exciting in the packaging. Don't get me wrong, it looks great. But then the process of just like, okay, truncating it into a dinosaur is somehow not as exciting as going the other way. Do you know what I mean? And it, uh, I don't know. It's it, it just means more to me if they come packaged in, in vehicle or alt mode for sure. It's nice to solve that mystery, isn't it? Like as well, because right. if you remember G1 boxes, like you had on the front, you had the robot, but it was art, wasn't it? And the actual picture of the toy were only on the sides and the top, weren't they? So they're actually still quite small because the back was the mural. Whereas now with modern toys, they generally have like a giant picture of the robot so you can see what you're getting. Yeah, I think so. I have some great memories of revealing the head for the first time of the robot mode, you know, as you're transforming yeah. them for the first time. And like, you know, you just flip a panel or something moves around and the head pops out. And it's like, wow, there he is. You know, there's the there's the head sculpt. And it's um, really, really very memorable and great part of that whole process. Just and sat here nodding and just agree with everything you guys have been yeah, saying. Absolutely yeah. all of it. You, you lose it a little bit when they come packaged in robot mode and you're, you're just looking at it. I mean, they still look nice. I've, I remember being impressed by um, the, the War for Cybertron double dealer, you know, that's there now. And thinking, I saw a couple with, I was with my boy and we were in a toy shop. And he was looking at a couple of bits, uh, whatever. But um, I remember being impressed with how it looked in the in the box and thinking, wow, it looks really, really nice. But all of the, you can look at it in the store, you know, and it's just, yeah. it's all done. It's there, you've seen it. And, and then you can kind of put it down and walk away. Whereas there's something about them being packaged in vehicle mode that kind of calls you to want to see more. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think there's sort of an element as well? Because of the alt mode is sort of the secondary mode, isn't it? To some extent, the robot mode is the primary fictionally isn't it that's who they yeah. are and the robot is a disguise or whatever so there is some element of seeing that robot for the first time what it actually looks like is just this yeah i think so you're, you're, you are revealing the character yeah. for sure you feel but... like you're looking at the disguise don't you when they're in vehicle mode like, yes what's in there but it's been funny how many people on social media said that actually they prefer it in robot mode because then they put it in robot mode and the face has got a scuff on it and it annoys them because they weren't able to identify that QC problem before they bought it. And I thought, well, that's a really modern complaint. It's a change because, in habits though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm thinking about third party things like based on IDW characters. I don't think there's ever been many toys where the alt mode has mattered less. Yeah. than third-party toys which are based on IDW characters in the comics because the robot mode is entirely why people are buying them. Like, if you bought uh, MMC's Azalea, you probably put it in the vehicle mode maybe once, and then you just yeah. like, I'm not doing that again. But look at frame I, toys and how popular their uh, non-transforming IDW toys are. Right. So th there's like a, definitely a shift towards character-based collecting versus toy collecting where the alt mode was actually the draw and mm. i know for me a, a lot of my favorite toy lines the alt mode is the draw bullet trains oh my god yes you know so having those bullet trains both in hasbro and takara packaging in that mode is just that's how i want to buy a toy that's what i want it to look like because and a vinyl tech is another one alternators just those yeah, yeah gt fantastic alt modes the whole and then revealing the robot it's like it's two moments of wow yeah. It's like, first of all, the package with the packaging and the toy in vehicle mode, which is the main draw of that line, 
amazing. Can we actually just talk about TFGT packaging? Because wow, yeah, yeah that is lovely. lovely as well. That's my first really experience of that. It? So yeah, just today, on... right, or yesterday? I think you got yesterday, your like Maximus. just opening the box and seeing it, like the beautiful art, and then the car. But it's the car's top down as well, which yes. is really yeah. unusual. Oh, how fantastic! And just those boxes next to each other, the one, two, three, four of those from every angle, you can line them up, and they're beautiful. It's, it's some like of the best, uh, some of the best. Yeah, yeah. they they've gone to so much degree of work for every part of the box, top side, because one side is the robot, the other side is like the the human character that comes with it, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, and then of course on the front it's just massively busy but beautiful, and the three of them are so different in color scheme that it's one of the best and most underappreciated lines, and the packaging is just killer for those. I think seeing it top down as well, like my first thought, it reminded me of um, do you remember Spy Hunter and games like that where the cars are top down, aren't they? In the view, right? And so, as soon as I saw it, it, it's almost like I saw it in motion, and I think that's what instantly attached me to it. Fantastic! Rather than it being like showroom pose, and that's like a lot of them are, aren't they? It was just so different that energy straight away from it. Um, yeah, talking, talking about the whole uh, transformation thing and, and the alt mode and all of that, I think it's worth acknowledging that. Uh, just thinking about other um, opinions, there are people that. Uh, Will prefer robot mode because they don't like transforming them. Yeah. That's true. Yep. And, and well, I was you know. going to say for mine, like for vintage toys, or f- you know, for toys where like the alt mode is like a licensed car or something like that, I definitely prefer the vehicle mode or alt mode. But for modern toys, I I think I prefer robot mode because so many times, like you're saying about the IDW characters, the alt modes are like an afterthought when it comes to toys and like so many of the generations toys now like the alt modes they're all right but they're not the priority it's really the robot mode and then they've worked out how to do an alt mode around it and it's so it's kind of like i think it'd be very disappointing to see some of like a moon racer and characters like that where the alt mode it's just them sort of lying down and i don't think that'd appeal to anybody really I think for me, the the obvious one is something like Fans Toys, um, who I suppose I mentioned them again because they're in many ways the kind of uh, the go-to third party for a lot of like very specific collectors in some ways that sort of resonates. And and they obviously package everything in robot mode, and that to me is a is a sign of a very niche like playing to their audience, you know, because there are going to be people that collect those toys and just want to whack them on a shelf, you know, so they just want the representation of the character, as you were saying, Maz, Uh, you know, they're not necessarily interested in all of the engineering and getting it between modes and all of that. They might transform it, or they might just literally take it out of the styro, have a little mess around with it, and in a display or on a shelf or in a a detolf it goes, and that's where it lives forevermore. Um, And I think that's quite interesting that they've, they've opted to do that. Clearly, it's a sort of policy of theirs because yeah. literally every release is robot mode i think it's as well like the environment we're in is very collector focused and driven isn't it so it's yeah. a lot of the things we see are those toys that are designed for that market for that includes a lot of people who will never transform the toys or buy them just to have on a shelf and so you can understand why they go straight for that mode and why a lot of people don't transform the toys that's funny like with fans toys i would have thought that their dinobots would have been one to package in alt mode but obviously the space they take up is mad but i don't think anyone bought fans toys dinobots for the robot mode surely they they bought them for the dino modes maybe that's maybe that's the displays and collections that people have they're 
most of the time I see them in robot mode. No, I agree with that, actually. I see a lot of people putting those uh, Dinobots in robot mode as well. I'm sure there are people that, you know, I'm not saying no fans, toys, collectors transform them, because, of course, some people do. I mean, I do. But uh, I, I just think there are a lot of maybe more casual collectors, you know, that aren't amassing lots of vintage stuff, that aren't really into the hobby in the way that we might think of it. And for them, just having those characters represented on a shelf is good enough for them. And they, they maybe don't want the complexity of having to transform everything. Yeah. So it's I had them displayed in robot mode, but I preferred the dynamos just because I, I didn't have the space to put them in dyno yeah. mode. Yeah. But I, I had say, them displayed as robot mode too. There's de- always definitely a space concern with Dinobots because with my G1 Dinobots and even the Power of the Primals, they're all in robot mode just because they take up less space on the shelf. Right. Even though the dyno modes are the best mode by mm-hmm. miles. Yeah. And now back to Transformers Generation 2. And with that, our packaging chat comes to an end, just like Scotland's participation in Euro 2020. And depending on when you listen to this, probably England's too. But if something's good, it's never gone. So if you want to express yourself, the world's always in motion on our social media feeds. And they've been busier than an England goalkeeper in a penalty shootout lately, haven't they, Maz? Yes, go to our Instagram, because actually, if you haven't noticed, triple underscore takeover on Instagram, because it's a photo-based platform, uh, we do actually post quite a lot more photos from all our accounts uh, that you probably won't see on the Twitter page and the Facebook page. So that's a really cool place to follow, and it's been growing quite nicely and of course, we just did an episode on toy photography. So there's, and usually there's relevant stuff based on the episode that we're promoting. So if you catch this episode, then make sure you follow the Instagram because you'll see a, a bunch of images from us related to what we've talked about in this packaging episode. And that's it. Like often we miss stuff, don't we? And people pick it up. So it's good mm-hmm. to continue the conversation there. Thank you also to all those who left five star Apple reviews for us. Uh, that we didn't mention before because they were on the non-UK version of the app. So cheers to Chrono Prime, Mr. Prattfall, KM2561, Anthony Lantern, Vash the Stampede, Tater X, TG Ping, and Boops My Boops for the awesome reviews. You guys are great. Thanks so much. So if people want to find you on social media, Maz, where do they go? You can find me at TFSquare1 on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And Sixo, if people want to feel intense jealousy at your Binaltech collection, where can they find you? Oh, all over the place, mate. It's uh, I'm at Sixotf on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want to see photos of MicroMaster combiners that these guys have made me buy, or a roller coaster of football-related emotion, you can find me at Toybox Soapbox on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Join us again next time. But for now, it's a Riva Dirty. It's one on one. 